Go ahead and uh, open up anywhere. The whole book's good. <laughs> um, yeah, so Corey's very busy this week, so they, uh, they called the preacher's hall, and uh, I'm your substitute preacher for today, <laughs> so we're going to watch Bill and I, the science guy, and if you guys start dozing off, you can't put your head down, so no, God's word is God's word, we're going to open it up and check it out. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about how to have um, godly biblical relationships, so how to be a godly spouse, how to be a godly friend, how to be a godly brother or sister in Christ, uh, how to be a godly employee, and how to be uh, a godly disciple or discipler. And uh, relationships are the most valuable things in life, and they're also the most complicated things in life. <laughs> so if you're anything like me, um, you're somewhat of an expert at ruining relationships. So, I think the reason why, oh, me and Megan are cool. <laughs> We're good. I think the reason why so many of us are experts at destroying relationships is because we don't have a proper understanding of love. And uh, we've allowed the world to define our terms, and we don't understand the difference between love and lust. And, you know, true biblical love asks, what can I do for this person, and how can I sacrifice for them? And, and lust asks, what can I get from this person, and how can this person serve me? And we go into relationships uh, lusting people with our, our whole hearts, and expecting to get something from that other person, whether that be their body, uh, their money, their emotional stability, their happiness, purpose, identity, security, and we expect them to fill all the empty holes in our lives. We put expectations on them. And uh, someone told me that expectations are just premeditated resentments, right? And when that other person inevi inevitably cannot provide those things for you, you begin to resent them. You begin to lash out. You, beco you become bitter. You become dry because they're not doing what you've expected them to do. And they're not measuring up to making you happy. And the other person in the relationship is doing the exact same thing, and they come into the relationship thirsty, lusting you with all their hearts, expecting you to solve all their problems and to make them happy. And when you come up short because you're a turd and you're just a human, then the fighting starts, uh, all hell breaks loose, and before you know it, the relationship is either, either fatally toxic or you're breaking up. And what, what you thought was going to be, you know, your princess or Prince Charming, or any relationship, it doesn't have to be a dating relationship, it leaves you uh, more dry and thirsty than you were before you went into it. So like the Einsteins we are, we go to the next relationship expecting that to be sweeter waters in a different well. But, but you guys wouldn't know anything about that, right? Because you guys are good Christians. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Uh, I heard a great man say uh, in a sermon once, I actually never got to meet him, but it's a really good saying, and he said, a relationship that doesn't have Christ at the center is like two ticks and no dog. Okay, so what that means, it's like two parasites, and they don't have any life in each other, you know, they don't have any life in and of themselves, and they try to get together to get life from the other parasite, but they don't have anything, so they try to suck the life out of each other, but they don't have any life, right? And he also said, 
uh, two ticks and no dog become uh, two porcupines in a snowstorm. So he said, it's cold outside, but anytime you get close to each other, it really hurts. <laughs> Weird saying. <laughs> uh, that, that dude's name was uh, Frank Pardue, and he went to go be with the Lord. And now Mark went to go be with the Lord. And praise the Lord for the hope that we have in Christ, that now Mark gets to go be with his best friend forever. Right. I think that's really cool. Uh, but I think the mistake that we've all made with all of our relationships is expecting the other person to do a job that only God can do. You go into relationships expecting the other person to quench the thirst that only God can quench in your life. And, and really, you're digging wells that can hold no water. You know, those, those things won't fulfill you. They won't quench your thirst. And Jeremiah 2.13 says this. It says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've went other places to get water. But those other places are broken. They don't hold any water. So let me ask you a, a question. Have you come in here tonight thirsty? Have you come in here tonight dry? Have you come in here relying on other relationships in your life to give you fulfillment and to give you happiness? Do you always feel like you need someone else to make you happy? Well, well let me keep it 100% with you guys you're drawing from a well that will never give you water. There's only one well that will give you water. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Relationships are beautiful, you know, and, and we got to get to the point to where we don't try to take from relationships, but we're always trying to give. Okay, that's true love. But we can't give something away that we don't have. And if we're not, if our relationship with the Lord isn't right, and we're not drawing from, from the true well, then we don't have anything to pour out into anyone else in any relationship. Whether that be dating, whether that be marriage, I mean, as a kid, as an employer, you don't have anything to pour out if you don't have the Lord pouring into you. So this is going to be our, our thesis for study tonight. I don't know what repertoire means, but I looked up thesis. So thesis means the key point. So this is the key point. God is the only true source of life. Without him, all other relationships will leave you dry and thirsty. Before you can have a healthy relationship with other people, you must first have a healthy relationship with God. So John 7, 37 through 38 says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Okay, so tonight we're, you know, don't open up anywhere. We're actually going to be in John 4. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 4, and we're going to look at a woman that for her whole life, she sought for water in different relationships, and it, and it left her parched. It left her thirsty until she found Christ and found the true living water. And, and the question I want you guys to ask yourself tonight is this, which well am I drawing from? Which well am I drawing from? Is it Christ or is it any other relationship? So let's, uh, let's read in, in John chapter 4. It'll be somewhat of a longer passage, so if you've skipped devotions this week, this will catch up a little bit. <laughs> uh, John chapter 4, verse 1, we're going to go to verse 29. And the Bible reads, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed unto Galilee. And he, he must needs go through Samaria. 
Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, when, uh, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So, you know, there was kind of a beef between the Jews and the Samaritans, right? It was like the uh, Dover Philly, maybe, or like McKinley Maslin or something. <laughs> Rivals, didn't like each other. Uh, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou, would, thou wouldest have asked of me, ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou, thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. I'm sorry. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Butchered that. Verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. <laughs> Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that thou, thou sayest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Uh, understatement of the century, right? <laughs> Our father worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is the spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us of all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water, par water pot, praise the Lord, and went her way into the city uh, and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Okay, so uh, this chick in John chapter 4 was looking for love in all the wrong places. And from what I hear, that's an old country song. So that's why we chose it for the message. So the message for today is looking for love in all the wrong places. And uh, it's, it's a true story of a woman that was trying to find happiness in everything but Christ. And then Christ shows up on the scene. Actually, Christ seeks her out. I mean, she didn't even go looking for him. Christ is always on a relentless pursuit for us. And when she finally decided, man, I'm going to live my life with knowing that you're the Savior, that you're the Messiah. And then, man, when she does that, she's full of life and she goes and tells the world. 
But before that, she's looking for love in all the wrong places. So, uh, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray real quick, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into it, and we'll study. So let me pray. Uh, Lord, we love you so much. And uh, God, it's, it's a cool thing, man. I, I was a little bit uh, unprepared for this. Um, but Lord, one thing I love about your word is it never returns void. <laughs> and it works effectually in us that believe. And God, I, I pray that tonight, man, if, if there are people in here that are dry, if there are people that are in here that are thirsty, God, if, if there are people in here that are going to different relationships to get fulfillment in their life, um, Lord, I, I pray that they would surrender that all tonight and they would finally, once and for all, come to you and just recognize you as the person that you are and, and the person that can only give us joy and peace. Um, so, Lord, we love you. We worship you. Um, God, we just want to have a deeper relationship with you. So, God, show us how to do that tonight. Um, I, I pray that your spirit would be the teacher. I pray that your word would, would convict our hearts and do the work that only it can do. Uh, so, Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so point number one is going to be without God, all other relationships leave you dry. And this comes from verse 16. Uh, through 19, where she asks, give me this water to drink. And he tells her, go and get thy husband. She says, I got five husband, husbands. And he said, you're right, you do. And this guy isn't even your husband. And you're seeking for relationships to give you happiness, and they're not. And what we see from this story is this woman at the well was seeking water. She had had five husbands. They all left her empty. She was unfulfilled, unsatisfied. And, and really, we made this point in the introduction, but I, I think it, it requires a little bit closer of an examination. If you're going into a relationship without God, lusting, asking what you can get out of the other person, if Christ isn't at the center of your relationship, then you're operating in the flesh, okay? In, in letter A, the flesh is never satisfied. So Proverbs 27.20 says, hell and destruction are never full. All right, that's a good verse to make you want to evangelize. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. And this is why we, we never have success in healthy biblical relationships. Whatever we're wanting to get from the other person in the, the relationship, once you get it, you're going to want more. And once you get more, you'll never have enough. You'll never be satisfied. This is why you have problems with human relationships. You're, you're trying to solve a spiritual problem with a physical solution. <laughs> you have a, a spiritual hole in your heart that only God can fill, and you're trying to fill that with, with a human a, a temporary human, you have an eternal hole, hole and you're trying to fill it with a temporary human. It doesn't ha matter how much you try to quench your flesh with the other person. The appetite of the flesh will always come back stronger. So Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, and he that loveth abundance with increase. Uh, this also is vanity. So, so because, because your flesh is never satisfied, it only leads to letter B, which human relationships were never designed to fulfill you anyway. Human relationships were never designed to fulfill. And, and like I said, you have an empty hole inside of your soul that needs fulfilled. And it is the reason why you're depressed. <laughs> it's the reason why you're angry. It's the reason why you're anxious. It's the reason why you cycle through relationships. It's the reason why you can't be content with where you're at in your life. And the, the person that you're chasing after, the, the person that you expect to fulfill all these needs in your life, they're only human. And in and of themselves, they don't have the ability to fulfill that hole in your life. And, and without God, uh, we're just lust monsters. 
man. <laughs> I mean, that's true. We just want to take and take and take and take. And we're on a rampage to fill a hole inside of us at any cost. But the only problem is no human can fulfill that hole. So we bounce from one relationship to the next relationship to the next, trying to fulfill that hole that only God can fill. And we ruin our life and we ruin the lives of other people around us. It's a tornado. And, and all the while we're complaining that they're the problem. They're the reason for everything going bad in our life. Well, well we're wrong. You're wrong. You're the problem. <laughs> You're the parasite. And you need a host. And the only host is God. You're, you're looking for love in all the wrong places. So, so don't you wonder why your relationships uh, always end in bickering, <laughs> in disagreements, in, in contention? Well, this is the explanation that, that God gives us. This is James 4, 1 through 3. It says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. And it's all about your lust. And in this reason, your lust, you trying to draw water from empty wells. It's the reason you're depressed. It's the reason why you're angry. It's the reason why you're anxious. It's the reason why you're discontent, because you're not drawing from the well of God. It's the reason why you keep cycling through relationships. It's, it's the reason why you turn to everything else but God. It's your lust. And, and you know, sometimes you hear people say this. I hear people say this all the time because uh, I'm in an addiction recovery ministry. They say this, uh, man, I, I really know how to pick them, right? I really know how to pick the, the wrong ones. I'm just attracted to the bad people. It's like, no, you're just a turd yourself, dude. <laughs> you have to tell him that. Like, no, you're the problem, you know. The, the first rule of counseling, I'm sure Kagan will tell you, is you're the problem, not the other people. You're the problem. Uh, and you're just looking for love in all the wrong places. And God is the only solution. He's the only answer. And you'll, see, you'll search and search and search and search your whole life. And until you find Christ, you'll be miserable, just miserable. And that's, that's the truth. That's the the, the testimony of my life. Uh, so you see this all throughout scripture. People that aren't focused on God are only focused on their lust, only focused on taking and, and not taking from the Lord, and then trying to, to live their life with other people, and they have terrible relationships. So you see it with Samson, right? And Samson just wanted the chicks, dude, and didn't care about God. And at the end of his life, he kills himself. Like, he had a great calling on his life from God, and then wanted to chase women, and then ends up dead without fulfilling his calling. You see it with Solomon, one of the, the best pictures of Christ in the Old Testament and one of the best pictures of the Antichrist in the Old Testament. How does that happen? <laughs> well, the, the dude started out loving the Lord and being focused on God and drawing from the right well. And at the end of his life, he went to the other relationships, went to other women, and it messed him up. And it doesn't have to be a, a romantic relationship. Like I said, uh, it happens with David and his son Absalom. So they weren't focused on the Lord, and it ends up they're at war with each other, and a bunch of people get killed because they're not drawing from the right well. So, so without God, all your relationships will leave you dry. It happened with the woman at the well. It happens with everyone. But point number two, God is the only relationship that provides you with a source of life. Okay, God is the only relationship that provides you with a source of life. And Christ tells this, this woman 
He says, ask of me, and I will give thee living water, water and you'll never thirst. And, and you'll have a well of water springing up in you into everlasting life. And, and what we're all searching for in these relationships is life. A true spark of inspiration to give us a reason to wake up every morning. And, and purpose. And acceptance. And a sense of love. And security. And joy. And peace. We, we desire life from these relationships. But, but what you need to realize is that life is a person. <laughs> and, and it's only one person. And it's the person of Jesus Christ. So, so you get to this story in John chapter 11. And uh, actually one of the first times I ever heard Corey preach was at Ollie's Bargain Outlet, out of all places. And uh, where we used to meet at. And Corey preached this message on uh, I am the resurrection. And it was a really good message. The rest have been okay since then. But that one was really good. <laughs> And, and in this story, in John chapter 11, Lazarus dies. He's dead. And he has no life in him. He's cold, he's lifeless, with no motivation and no hope. And, and maybe you're feeling like that tonight. And, and Martha comes up to Jesus and says, Hey man, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. My, my brother wouldn't have died. And then Christ says to her, Hey, no, 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 you're, Lazarus is going to rise again. And then Martha tells Jesus, I know he's going to resurrect, uh, resurrect at the end, at the last day. And how Martha knew about the resurrection, I have no idea. I don't think Christ talked about it at all until that point. Talking about in the end, like the, the rapture of the church. The rapture. And he goes, no, you don't get it, Martha. I, Martha. <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you don't get it, Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Right. I am, I'm the person. He says that. And then he goes on in, in John 14, 6, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So man, the, the life that you're trying to get from these relationships is only going to be found in one person. Life is a person. You know, God, God is love. God also says he's life. He's, he's life. So if your life needs resurrected tonight, if you're feeling dry, if you're feeling worn out, you have to ask yourself the question again, where are you drawing from? What well are you drawing from? That thing you're trying to fill all your relation, trying to fill with, with all these relationships, it's only found in one person. So, so letter B, Christ is the only one who can quench your thirst. Christ is the only one that can quench your thirst. And whether you know this to be true or not, the pain that you feel in your life, the misery, the darkness, those hard nights, that emptiness, that, that longing for always wanting something more, whether you know it or not, that's, your, thir that's your, your soul thirsting for God. Okay, that's your soul thirsting for God. So uh, check out these two verses. Uh, one's one, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Um, the first one is Psalms 84, verse 2. It says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. And then uh, Psalm 42, 1 through 2 is excellent. It says, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, and a, a heart is um, a deer. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So I don't do a lot of hunting because I'm not a hillbilly like you guys. But, so I've never seen like a deer like, you know what I'm talking about. Like I've never seen a deer pant. But, like, you ever seen a deer in, or I'm sorry, a dog in the summer? Like, when it's been running around, and it's, like, tongues out, and it's, like, panting for water? 
Like, man, that's how, that's how thirsty our soul is for God. Like, the only thing that's going to quench that, that dog or that, that deer is water, physical water. The only thing that's going to quench our soul is spending time with the Lord. That's it. And, and until then, we're going to be thirsty and exhausted and worn out like that, that dog or deer, depending if you're a hillbilly or not. And, and if we would just stop searching for love in all the wrong places, if we would just stop digging wells that can hold no water, and you would just once and for all come to the wellspring of life, the Lord will welcome you with open arms. He's not upset with you. He just wants to, to be with you. And, and look, at, look at this true historical account of, of this woman that goes to the well. Like, okay, for one, the Lord sought her out. Like, the Lord wanted to have a relationship with her. And when he got there, he didn't condemn her. He didn't, like, r- rebuke her or, like, tell you, like, you don't, I don't want to have any part with you. Like, he offers her the living water. He says, man, I just want to have a, a right relationship with you. She finally realized what, what I've been searching for my whole life to, and had no avail is finally right in front of my eyes. And I don't have to search anymore because I found the living water, and, and God blessed her life. So this is, uh, you know, when I, I did this study, this was my favorite verse uh, in the, the whole study is Isaiah 41, 17 through 18. It, these are some cool verses. Check this out. It says, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will, will not forsake them. I will open rivers and high places and fountains in the midst of the valley. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Praise the Lord, man. When we go to the Lord, he, he's ready to pour out on us and give us, what he, give us what we need, what our soul is thirsting for. Man, he says, I'm going to give it to you. I'll hear them. I will not forsake them. So, so man, what does that mean? What does that mean practically? Like, like what, do we have, what do we have to do to go to the well? Like, like if you go to a well, God's just not going to show up. You know what I'm saying? So what do we actually have to do in our lives to, to be filled and not thirsty? Well, to the lost, Proverbs 25, 25 says this. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Okay? So, so what's another word for good news? The gospel. So as, as cold waters to a thirsty soul. So, so if you're thirsty, okay, so first off, if you're not saved, you're always going to be thirsty until you give your life to the Lord. And, and I was, listen, man, I, saw, I thought, sought water um, in money. I sought water in drugs. I sought water in whatever, sports, popularity, girls. Everything leaves you dry, and it'll kill you. Literally, it, it will destroy you. And, and God came down to earth. He came down to earth as a, a, a son of God, lived 100% sinless, perfect life. I mean, was 100% God, 100% man, came down to earth and died on the cross shed his blood for us, was buried and rose again so that we don't have to live a miserable life. And, and, and not only a miserable dry life here, but you, you look at uh, Luke chapter 16, and it's the story of the rich man and Lazarus, right? And the rich man's in hell. And what's the, what's the well, he asked for two things. What's one of the two things he asked for? The dude asked for water. And, and, and God can give you water on this side of the earth. He, he can fulfill you and put your life back together and you can have joy and peace and all the fruits of the Spirit and it can be wonderful. But also, when you die, you go to heaven. <laughs> the coolest thing in the world. God offers that to us. And, and God says, all you have to do, it's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. 
All you have to do is accept it by faith. God says if you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you can be saved. You just say, Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm broken. I know I'm thirsty, and I just want to drink from you. Would you come into my life and save me? And then after that, dude, God gives you water. You have an endless supply of water. You know, praise the Lord. But if, if you're lost, um, I'm sorry, if you're saved, check this verse out. This is a couple verses. This is really good for me because sometimes I get thirsty as a sink and save dude. So Psalm 63, 1 through 8, it says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied with the morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Uh, when, th- check this out, this is good. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. So, so a cool little thing that God showed me in this uh, was it, it says remember, it says meditate, and then it says fo- uh, follow hard after. And that kind of has been repeating in my mind. Like, remember. Remember how good God is. And remember how, how awesome it is to spend time with the Lord and be refreshed and see him in all the things in your life. Remember that. Meditate on God's word. And then you'll, then you'll have a real relationship with him. And then follow hard after him. Just pursue him like crazy. And then you're going to be replenished. Then he's going to give you uh, the water that you need. So God says, are you, f- are you saved and feeling dry? He didn't go anywhere. <laughs> we leave God. God never leaves us. You left your first love. And for a lot of us, we came to Jesus dry and thirsty. And we got saved and the Lord filled us and quenched our lives. But as soon as, as God put our life back together, we started going to other water holes. <laughs> And thinking that, man, my life's put together. Now I can go search out the things of the world. And then you get dry, and then you get thirsty again. And I get it. I know it happens. With, with the world trying to draw you with everything, it happens. God isn't mad at you. He just wants to have a right relationship with you again. And he wants you to come back to the well. He wants you to get back to following hard after him. And get back to spending quality time with God. So I just think that may be a good thing for us to remember. Uh, yeah. Remember meditate, <laughs> and follow hard after God. It's easy. Remember, meditate, follow hard after God. And, uh, you know, Zach gave me some good advice one time. And uh, just one time. Has never, ever given me any good advice after that. Um, he's still a work in progress, Zach is. And I was at the end of my, sal- this is post-salvation, bro. You know, you struggle when you're still saved. And I was at the end of myself uh, with a sin that I really struggle with. And, and I was dry, and I was crying like a little baby at church. And the only person I let see me cry is Zach. And he just came up to me, and he said, he said, man, you're thirsty. He said, you need to take a drink from the well. He said, you need to remember. You need to meditate. You need to follow hard after God. So, man, if, if you're in here and you're thirsty, you need to go take a drink. You need to go to God's word and spend time with the Lord. And he'll replenish you in your life. 
Revelation 22, 17 says this. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The well is free, man. Just go get it. <laughs> Just go get it, man. It's, it's an endless supply. And man, when we do that, when we return to the well of life, all of our crummy relationships will disappear. The relationships that, that are worth having will prosper. And, and God will give you new relationships with people that are focused on God. When, when you get the, the most important relationship in your life right, then all the rest of the other relationships in your life will fall in line. Get that first relationship right. And we have endless examples of that. Uh, Ruth and Boaz. What a wonderful story of two people that love God, were focused on God, and, and fell in love and had a wonderful marriage. Uh, the boys, uh, David and Jonathan, both focused on the Lord, both hanging out, both doing things for, for God, having a wonderful life. Uh, Esther and Mordecai in the book of Esther. They were like uncle and niece, right? All right. Yeah, there's a family dynamic, both focused on the Lord, God doing wonderful stuff. Ezra and Nehemiah kind of had a business relationship, both focused on the Lord, doing great. Moses and Joshua, Paul and Timothy had a, a disciple-disciple relationship, focused on the Lord, and they prosper. Um, I always use this corny illustration, but it helps me. And does someone have a pen on them? Let me see it. <coughs> it's that freestyle dude. It's that substitute teacher stuff. <laughs> so this is very creative. <laughs> so I'll use Brock and Dion as an example because I like them. So if this is Brock, and this is Diana, and this is the Lord, the more that they grow closer to the Lord, the more they'll grow closer to each other. Praise the Lord, right? So do that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. You guys tell the preacher hall. Maybe they'll give me a raise. <laughs> um, so man, be focused on the Lord. The Lord's the one who gives you life. And uh, point number three, God is seeking a relationship with you. So this comes from verses one through nine, where it, it says that Christ must needs go through Samaria. Man, he, he made it a point to go to Samaria because he had a divine appointment with, with this woman. And later on, he says, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper, worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. You know, so I know that God doesn't have like an alarm clock and he doesn't wake up every day like us. But if he did, if he woke up every day, the first thing he's doing, he's seeking people to worship him. You know, like when I wake up every morning, I, never mind. Um, I just drink coffee and I got to pee. But when God wakes up every morning, he seeks people to worship him. So man, I should be seeking to, to give God worship. He's seeking a relationship with us. And, and this is a cool point. And I know this is elementary. And I know you guys are way beyond this, but it helps me a lot. Uh, God is a real person, okay? And this is good. Like God is a real person. God is just not an idea. He's not an institution. He's not just good things. Like God is a real person with a real personality. Like he's a real being and he's alive and he's interactive and he wants to speak in your life. So, so, you know, I heard, uh, I was listening to uh, one of these, a sermon one time, and this guy was talking about how he knows this other guy, he's one of his friends, and when he's walking, like, down the street, when he's just being in communication, he'll be talking with him, you know, he'll be talking, so if, like, 
Brock and I are like hanging out, he'll be talking with Brock and then verbally we'll start talking to the Lord. Like, man, Brock, today's a beautiful day. Man, God, thank you so much for everything you do for us, you know? It's like, man, that might sound weird. That might put you in a psych ward. But also, <laughs> that dude has a real relationship with God and it's like God's right beside him all the time. And the truth is, is God is right beside us all the time. We just need to focus and, and we need to believe that. So you, you get to know God and have a personal relationship with him um, by communication, like you would with any other person. So in order to get better at, at communicating with God, it's important for us to, to get to know who he is, to know who we're talking to. Um, so I just want to run through a little bit of God's personality, and maybe we can just boast on the Lord for a little bit, and it'll get us a, a, a better understanding of who we talk to on a daily basis. So God has some rules in your life. First off, God is love. So anything that God does and any character that God has is because he's loving. And God has three persons, okay? The, the Trinity, the Bible calls it the Godhead. Uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So in the same sense as, you know, Vinny is a uh, son, he is a boyfriend, and he is a plumber, you know? Like I got three roles in my life. I'm one person, but I got three roles. Same thing with the Lord, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so letter A, God the Father. Getting to know God a little bit. God is, these are the the attributes of God. God is a, he's a creator. He creates. Okay, so that should give us some confidence because God has all the power in the world. When we're talking to him, we should approach him like that. He's he's the creator. Uh, God speaks. Okay, he's a a speaker. In like Exodus 33 with Moses, uh, Moses spoke to God like a man talks to his friend face to face. Wonderful thing, man. And, and this may be the single greatest attribute of God, that he speaks. He speaks and he wants to have a relationship with us. And, and every time we open up this book, God is speaking directly to us. And if I can communicate any message to you tonight, man, we, we have to get this. I don't, I don't know if, if we understand how great of a privilege it is to open up the Bible every single day. Seriously, what, what we hold in our hands, like what we're holding in our lap, is a miracle. Like it's the miracle of God, that God wants to communicate with us every day. And I, I think about like Noah, and, and God told Noah one time, hey, build that boat. And Noah just believed it by faith and built a boat for hundreds of years. Like that dude was full of faith. We have the, the promises and the commandments of God, and I had to go back to it every single day and look at it. You know what I'm saying? But praise the Lord, I get to look at it every single day and be reassured. Like that's a blessing from the Lord. Every time that, that we're feeling dry, every time we're feeling anxious, tempted, we need a drink from the well, God provides us with this book. And, and we can literally sit down, open the Bible, and God speaks directly to Vinny. <laughs> he speaks to me. And, and we need to view the Bible that way. So, so maybe this will give us a perspective shift on how we approach the Word of God. For one, we're, we're holding a miracle in our hands. For two, God's speaking directly to us. So, so listen, if, I'm just keep, gonna keep on using you, you're right in front of me, dude. So, it would be rude, okay, if, if I was like, Brock, I want to meet with you uh, tomorrow at noon, bro. Like, let's have coffee, let's have lunch, let's hang out. I want to talk to you, man. Let's meet at Magic Mugs, bro, at 12. And then it comes 12 o'clock, and I just ghost Brock. Like, wouldn't that be shady to do that to him? Yeah, that would be so rude. How often do we do that to God? Where we say, Lord, I, I want to spend time with you tonight at 6 o'clock. And then, man, we just get busy. We just get 
There's better things to do. We forget about it. How rude would that, I mean, that's, we're talking about God. We're not talking about Brock. We're talking about God. <laughs> and we just ghost him like it doesn't matter. Okay, so we need to be on time when we approach the word of God. Number two, we need to be attentive. So how rude would it be if I'm talking to Brock and like he's talking to me and I'm just like, oh yeah, dude, like, that's cool, you know? We need to be attentive. We need to pay attention to the words of God. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to B-dubs, B-dubs and they got all the screens everywhere. So hard to have a conversation in B-dubs because you're like, <laughs> but that's rude. Like you need to be attentive when you're reading the word of God. Um, also, when we approach the word of God, don't stop until you get something. Okay, don't put God in a box and say, for, for 10 minutes I'm going to read, and then, then I'm just going to check the mark off. Spend time with God and, and, and read and study until you receive something from the Lord. Have faith in what God says. What God tells you, believe it, and act your life like that, like God's really going to do it. Like he's actually not a liar. And then like we've seen earlier, meditate on that. Put, put a verse in your pocket. That's what I do. Do I have one? Ooh. I get these little index cards because I'm not technologically advanced like you guys. And I just put this in my pocket, and I meditate on it all day. And my mind doesn't go to crazy stuff. It just stays on the word of God. So this is the greatest tool in your life. It makes all the difference in the world. And, and if I'm not in the Bible, I have a bad day. And if my relationship with the Lord isn't good, then my relationship with the Lord, or my relationship with everyone else is terrible. And I treat people bad, and I feel like people treat me bad. If I don't spend time with the source of life, and I don't spend time getting water, my day's terrible. Okay, so God is a creator. God speaks. God is also good. And we'll, we'll roll through these kind of fast because I feel like I'm running out of time. So God is also good. And this has been a huge perspective change for me in the last few months because I always feel like, man, if I don't measure up, then God's going to squash me. And that's a terrible perspective to have on God because God doesn't want to squash you. Dude, God loves you and you're his kid. And, and uh, Brett Bartlett said this a few months ago maybe. He said, man, if, you, if your kid falls down, you're not mad at them. You just want to pick him back up and say, hey, man, watch out for that next time. You're not mad at them. And, and this changed my perspective because if I'm always thinking that God's going to squash me, I'm always anticipating the worst things in life. I'm, I'm anticipating, oh, this guy is trying to hurt me. He's trying to get me. Instead of thinking, oh, man, God is going to, going to bless me. I'm always looking and I'm always negative. So, man, God is good. He wants to bless you. So those are the three characteristics of God the Father. Letter B, God the Son. And God the Son, he's forgiving. Jesus died on the cross for us and he gave us all the grace in the world. We should be thankful and want to give our lives back in return. God the Son is also the word of God. Literally his name is the word of God. And we, we literally have the mind of Christ in our hands and we get to know him. And it also says that, that Christ is the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9. And, and the way we build our relationship with Christ is the same way that this woman did. We go to the well, we spend time with him, and, and the Bible calls this abiding, okay, abiding Christ. We should be so grateful for everything that Christ has done in our lives that we want to spend time with him. We, we want to get to know him, know him, and I tell you right now, this is the issue that will make or break you being filled up in your life. You don't spend time with the Lord, you're dry. You spend time with the Lord, you're filled up. And we have to, we have to make routine time to spend with the Lord. We must abide with him. So John 15 is the whole, abide in me. I'll read some of it. This is what he says. I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. This is John 15. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, 
that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, it except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So abide in, in God. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Lord, he is a teacher. And praise the Lord for this, because uh, I got my good enough degree. I got that GED, you know, I didn't graduate high school. Uh, but praise the Lord that reading the Bible, knowing the Bible is not a matter of intellect, okay? It's a matter of just abiding in the Spirit. And the Spirit teaches you the Word of God. So understanding the Bible is not a matter of, sp- of, of smarts. When you read the Bible, the, the Spirit of God will literally, uh, not literally, but it happens, you know what I'm talking about, pop words off the page to you. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, oh, I needed that. I exactly needed that. <laughs> and the Lord will speak to you like that. It's the Spirit's job to, to teach you. Um, and you see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verses 9 through 14. Number two, uh, the Spirit's job is to direct. He's a director. And it's his job to convict you of things, okay? So you know when you, like, go up to something and maybe you're not supposed to do it or you're not sure, and, like, you get that little prick in your heart? That's the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, don't do that. It's the direction. It's the conviction. So it's his job to direct. And it's also his job to comfort. And, and God is, God the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. He says he won't leave you comfortless in John 14. And this is God giving you the peace that passes all understanding. So, so God the Spirit, I mean, um, man, people, people pass away like, you know, Trot Dog, what a great legacy that dude's leaving, man. Corey and I was just talking about it. Man, if I could live half the life that dude lives, wonderful. Praise the Lord. Like that, that dude's, he's getting to heaven and God's saying, taking back her in, dude. We're getting the rewards off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's cool for me. Like, that's awesome. Um, but man, that's, that's obviously, it's heaven's gain and our loss. Like we, we mourn for that. And um, only the spirit can comfort you during those times. Like it's the spirit that gives you comfort. He he's gives you the peace that passes all understanding that can get you through any situation. In the world being as crazy as it is, I don't know how people get through this world without the spirit of God. Incredible. Uh, so praise the Lord for it. So, in conclusion, until you get to know him, until you abide in him, until you draw from him, from his well, all your other relationships will fail, and you'll be dry, and all your other relationships will be dry, and your life will suck without Jesus. <laughs> That's just facts. So this is the key point again. God is the only true source of life. Without him, all other relationships will leave you dry and thirsty. Before you can have healthy relationships with other people, you must first have a healthy relationship with God. And the question still remains, what well are you drawing from? Do you feel empty? Do you feel dry? Do you feel like, like you need someone to fill you up? Well, Christ is the only person that can do that. Don't search for love in all the wrong places. If you're lost, give your life to Christ. <laughs> Get saved tonight. It's the best decision you'll ever make. It will fill you up and it will send you to heaven forever. Praise the Lord. And if you're, you're saved and you feel thirsty, man, take Zach's advice. Just go get a drink. It's free water, okay? It's free real estate. Go get it, all right? Go get a drink. And I'll, I'll keep, keep it real with you. My, my prayer this week has been this. God, this is real. This is just me and the Lord's relationship. God, when I don't want to come to you, I pray I would come to you. 
because when, when my flesh is in control, I want to do everything. The flesh is crazy. It will do everything but, but want to spend time with God. Incredible. I want to work harder. I want to get on social media. I want to play stinking Zelda Ocarina of Time. I want to do whatever, but I don't want to spend time with God. So I, I'm praying to the Lord in an hour of temptation, whatever, when I'm exhausted, God, I, I pray that I would come to you when, when I don't want to come to you. And every time I've done that in the past few weeks, bro, it's been so refreshing, incredibly refreshing. I praise God for that, man. I pray that God can, can replenish us with just spending an hour with him, can change our whole perspective on life. That's the only thing that will satisfy. Okay, so I just want to point this last thing out. Um, you know, at the end of this passage, the, the woman at the well goes from being a parasite, a taker, to a giver. And she spends just a little bit of time with the Lord and feels the effects of God in her life. And she goes back into the city and says, man, let me tell you about this guy that changed my life, who told me all things that, I, that ever happened to me. And then she goes back and she's an, advan- uh, uh, an evangelist. Man, don't, don't you know people in your life that uh, every time you spend time with them, you leave being refreshed? You know what I'm talking about? You know those people? That every time you see them, like, you're like, man, I want to spend time with that dude because they're refreshing. Man, I want to be that person in my life. And I want to be able to pour out to people like that. But I have to spend time with the Lord first. I don't want to be a soul sucker, dude. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the people that you avoid because, like, hey, what do you want from me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to, to give people life. And the only life that there is is in Christ. So we have to spend time with him for the lost world. God desires that relationship with you tonight. It's the answer to your joy. It's the answer to all your healthy relationships. But you have to come get a drink from the well. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him and sup with him, and he with me. So let's get back to making, it, to making a healthy relationship with the Lord, the number one priority in our life. If we do that, everything else falls in line. All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. And uh, God, we're so grateful for your word. Lord, I'm so grateful for the actual Bible that like sits in my hands every day. <laughs> and I get to open up and you communicate with me, Lord, and, and you speak in my life. And if I believe it and, and I start to meditate on it, Lord, you reveal yourself to me. And Lord, we can search our whole lives trying to look for joy and happiness and fulfillment and it leaves us miserable. So God, I, I pray just practically that we would go get a drink from your well tonight. <laughs> I pray that we would do it tomorrow morning. I pray we would do it this week and for the rest of our lives, God, because you're the only one that has living water. So Lord, I, I pray that we would respect that and, and we would go to you in our time of need. Uh, Lord, we love you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.